That's the, uh, in Gaza, they paratroopered in while they were sending a barrage of missiles in, something to the tune of thousands. We're talking 2,500 plus missiles. The Iron Dome could not cope with that at all. That's their anti-missile defense system. When Hamas came in, they, they commandeered homes. They murdered women and children, kidnapped some. It was, this is not a warfare, this is guerrilla terrorism. This is not, an, and so I say that to, to say this, remember Israel, God is not, he wasn't caught off guard, Israel was caught off guard. And so as a result of that, um, Israel has now declared war on the Palestinian nation. And, and what will... Many things will probably happen. Now they'll be watching the northern border, which is known as the Golan Heights, and that is subject to Hezbollah, Hamas, Hezbollah, all of these, all these tribal ethnos of people groups that are Muslim. This is, this is jihad. This is, this is a holy war. And so what will happen now is... The proxy who supplies all of the funds and missiles to both Hezbollah and Hamas is Iran. They will, and Iran is becoming nuclear if they're not already. And so they are enriching uranium. We know these things. We have all of this data. And so Israel will then, they will be forced to, bomb Iran. Iran has been in cozy relationships of late with Russia and China. And so they have been meeting. I have on my phone, I took a picture of it. There's this group called BRICS. I don't know if y'all have heard it. It is, um, if you count them up, 10 nations. They've come together. Hmm. Daniel, they've come together. I, I personally believe this little end time, this is Andrea 101. I personally believe that the 10 nation confederacy is not from Europe. We've always been watching in Europe. I believe it's the Middle East. I believe that it's not, that, the, that it's going to be in the Middle East. Right. Europe's done. So the Bible's really true. Really true. And that's the toes, the ten toes that are mixed of iron and clay. They don't cleave together. And you can see Muslims and secularism, they can get together for a moment. Boy, they won't cleave. They're different seed. They won't cleave together, and there will become a turning in there. And what I believe, this is just me, what I believe will, could, we could be setting the stage for is that Israel will go to war. Someone will, it'll be, it'll be bad. Someone will rise up and bring peace. And then that person who brings peace will be. As the Bible says, the heavens are rolled up like a scroll. I've been, I've been meditating on that for a year because I didn't understand it, where it talks about the heaven rolled up like a scroll. The reason I don't understand that is how many of y'all are like me, you don't read scrolls? And so, well, I, I believe that it, the biblical language is very biblically centric and very Hebraic and very much culturally in, 
couched in the culture of the day. And so I've been trying to not put a Western lens on a, a, an ancient Eastern book. Um, and so I keep looking at it. And just yesterday, the Lord, I heard, it was in, it's always the way it works for me. It was in something else that the Lord showed me and went, that's what that means. And every year, the Hebrews, they do this. They, they read the scrolls all the way from beginning to end. And the guy who said that said, at the end of the year, we, the scroll is rolled up and we start over again. What's well, rolling this way? So what that means instantly, what the Lord spoke to me is he said, what that phrase means, it's an idiom. It means when a, the heavens will be rolled up like a scroll, this age will come to its end. And when this age comes to its end, as the next age breaks in, it won't break in all at once. Because ages don't break in all at once. Ages break in in a parousia, a coming, like when the age of Christ broke in. It didn't come in a flash, did it? It came in a parousia. That's the, a parousia is the king's coming in a way where there's preparation, there's announcement, roadways are built for the king to drive on. When the pope came to Israel, they built a road to the temple. It's called Pope John Paul's Road. Do you think a pope is going to, how, do you think that they built that overnight? They prepared. And so as this age is rolled up, the, it says the heavens are rolled up like a scroll. This dome that we call, this atmosphere that was created the way we know it today after the flood. Before the flood, the earth was a different atmosphere. It didn't rain. The water cycle was different. It came up from the ground. There was, there was water above and water below. And whenever the flood came, the water above collapsed on the water below. And the water below broke up and it came together. And Noah and his family made it through. They came out on the other side. And the world had changed. The whole world. As that age was rolled, the heavens were rolled up like a scroll. Finished that scroll. This age will be rolled up like a scroll. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. It will be business as usual until that begin, the breaking in. The breaking in of another realm to this one. And I believe we are in the day of the breaking in. What do I mean by that? I believe that we are setting up on earth by the Spirit of God portals, gates of glory. Where men have tried to build portals or gates into the unseen realm. And they've done it on many occasions. People right now are building portals to the realms of darkness. 
when you talk about, is his name Travis? He's a rapper, Travis something. I don't do these things. But he was, he's, 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 um, he's the boyfriend of one of the, clo- the younger Kardashian girls. Travis whoever, does anybody know? Travis Scott, thank you. Travis Scott in Houston in 2020 on October, maybe it's 2021, October 31st, 2021. I got up on the day after and I heard that at the Travis Scott concert, dozens of people died at the concert. I went. Now, it got brushed over, if y'all notice. They didn't talk about it. This should have been an event. What Travis, I, I turned to Mike and I heard that people died of cardiac arrest, of some sort of bizarre phenomenon that hit them all through the crowd. And I told Mike, I said, that's demonic. And so I looked into it. He had built this thing. It had like a, it was like this spiral looking thing on his stage. His set had this. And he had been conjuring and, and, and doing witchcraft to welcome in evil spirits. And the whole concert was about bringing you through to the other side. And when he opened up the concert, he opened up a demonic portal and people in the crowd died one right after another as that demon moved through. Look it up. It's all. You can read about it. Demonic. There's another rapper, or another musician, I don't know her name. She's openly a witch. Well, Beyonce is too. She, she talks about her, her alternate personality. She's, I remember the day, I forgot her name, that she calls her, whatever, it doesn't matter, that she came into me. So when you're, go, when you're enjoying Beyonce's music, no, well, she, she, you're, you're being entertained. I don't, but there's this other woman that she just had, she just had a demonic encounter at her concert too. That when she began her concert, people began to just, a wave of people just began to fall over. No. Slain in the, a, a d- demonic spirit. So how do you know? Some people right now are asking, well, how do you know when it's the Spirit of God and when it's the Spirit of the devil? What's what spirit do you have in you? And if you're going, you know what I'm saying? Look at the fruit that's hanging on the tree. I mean, if you have to question whether or not a person who's a, a rapper who sings the most disgusting music in the world, if you think that that is some sort of a Holy Spirit, then you need to check your Bible. So here we have, and what I'm saying is this, I said all that to say this, that there are portals being set up and there has been an an increased activity in the realm of the spirit as the spirit realm is breaking into this realm. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. It's activity in the spirit and activity on earth. And I just believe, and I may be the only one who believes this, that that witnessing power that we see in Revelation 11 the two witnesses. They called, the Bible calls them the two candlesticks. Where else in Revelation have you seen a candlestick? What is that candlestick called? 
the churches because we are called candlesticks because the wind of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, I believe, blew across the brazen altar that was in the unseen where the fire of God has been eternally ignited on that brazen altar. Because the tabernacle and the temple was only a replica of what the actual one is in heaven. That's what the Bible says. And when the wind began to blow on the day of Pentecost, I just imagine, because I'm a West Texas girl, so I know how fires are spread in West Texas. When the wind begins to blow, it picks up a spark from some, the wind doesn't start the fire. The wind carries the ember. And that day, as the wind carried the ember, the wind of the Spirit began to blow and carried the embers. Every person who was in the upper room was turned into a candlestick. As fire set on the top of every one of their heads. And that fire was for one purpose and one purpose alone. To be a witness. To proclaim the gospel. And the sign of tongues was given to show an undoing of Babel. An undoing of the blockages to the nations. And instead of maintaining your space on covenant ground as Israel, now the church was commissioned to break through every ethnic barrier. Every tribal blockade every other standard that had been set up the church was commissioned Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth belongs to me I will not be obeying the boundaries of any ethnos any longer I will be going with my witnesses into all the world and those candles will be blazing the gospel truth they will not just be proclaiming the death, burial, resurrection ascension and enthronement of the Christ they will be teaching these people to oh dear God don't say the O word obey Because we would be worthless witnesses if we tried to shine a light that had no obedience attached to it. We've seen that filthy witness in the past. We've seen what that looks like. You wonder why you can't be a witness to the world around you? It's because of the garments so many times you're wearing. Your witness becomes filthy. And when they hear your words, your words are negated by the way you wear your witness. Why else do you think that people stand outside the church and declare that the bride of Christ is nothing but a hypocrite? There will be a portal of glory opened up in the house of God. And judgment, deciding, judgment will start with the house of God. Then we are... 
if our words could you be a Christian convicted so as we look at the word of God this morning I want to read this one scripture in 2 Samuel. Lord speaking this to him. He started giving me revelation on this this morning. I couldn't get ready. I forgot to put my earrings on. Okay. Second, I didn't even put nothing. I was like, oh my gosh, I've left without jewelry. Second, I know. 2 Samuel 5.24. I was like, Lord, I don't understand why you're speaking this. And he began to give me revelation. It says, as soon, 2 Samuel 5.24. This is. The Lord speaking to David about a battle. Talking about the wind, picking up the sparks. As soon as you hear the sound of marching or going or the moving of feet, the sound, the wind has a sound. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, the balsam trees, the mulberry trees, all it's called a baca tree. It's all different. It's the same tree, but it's supposed to give us a vision of what it is. We'll stick with poplar because I think that's better for us to comprehend right here. As you hear the marching in the tops of the poplar trees move quickly. As you hear the wind moving quickly through the top of the poplar trees. Because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. Now, what, what did I get? I was like, Lord, I don't understand that. Why did, you, why did you tell them to wait until they saw the top of the wind, the wind blowing in the top of the poplar trees? And so I, as I began to ask the Lord that, I knew the wind is a symbol of the Spirit. I mean, I had that. But I was like, Lord, I don't understand the significance of the poplar trees. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, they're the tallest trees. And he said, those who are reaching up tallest, those who have grown into some spiritual height, he said, in this last day, start watching the spiritual giants because when they start moving, all those short little dogwoods and those scrubby little ferns down below, all those shade-loving trees, he said the poplars will reach to the sun and they won't settle for all of the darkness in the forest and call it light because they're messing around with those who look just as dark as them everywhere. He said the poplars will go forward. It's a type of mulberry. Another thing he said, I'd already studied the mulberry over a year ago. The mulberry, I became obsessed with it. The mulberry tree produces prolific fruit. And when you, he said it's going to be the tall ones who are reaching up into another environment and it's going to be the fruitful ones. And I'm telling you, I began to study this. See, Jesus said this, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry, I want to use that one, the mulberry, be uprooted. And what? Not cast into the sea. Use a different word. It says planted. Planted is not a death sentence, is it? See, it's, an indi it's indicative of the Great Commission. See, he's saying, take the fruit-bearing tree and uproot it from this territory and plant it in the nations. 
that's what faith is for. Faith is not so that you can get double for your trouble. Faith is not so you can fill your bank account. Faith is not so you can have a healthy, healthy whole life of comfort and convenience. Faith is to take the seats of injustice and turn them to justice for the cause of Christ. And when he said, when I come, will I find faith on earth? If a widow, the most impoverished, weakest woman in the land, can go to the strongest man in the land, the unjust judge, and she demanded justice because that's what was supposed to come out of that place was justice. But he was, the unjust judge was sitting in the place of injustice and making it, unjust toward her and she said nobody she kept taking her petition to the seat of the court of justice and she didn't stop until she until it says listen what the unjust judge says if you want to hear the parables crust the crux of it you have to listen to what the unjust judge says He said, I will give her what she wants. At least she wear me out. And if you look at that word, wear me out, it carries the root of giving someone a black eye. Because whenever you give someone a black eye, they walk around carrying that black eye. And everybody knows they just got it given to them. Before I am made a laughing stock. So see, that's what we're doing. You don't even know what faith is for. And you're like, I need to go get justice for myself. You still don't know what faith is for. You go get justice for those who have no voice. That's what the witness is for. Take the mulberry tree and cast it into the sea and bring fruitfulness to the nations. I mean, how many different ways can we talk about the Great Commission or the Great Omission? I'm just trying to get by. Well, maybe that's your problem. Is you're one of those little dark-dwelling ferns who doesn't need much water. I got ferns on my back porch. I hadn't watered them for a week. Those suckers are hardy. You think they like water. They appreciate water. That's why ferns are. They'll drink it and drink it and drink it and drink it and drink it. You stop giving them water, they'll be like, okay. Because they have these little spores on their leaves. They got a root system externally. And they'll reach out and they'll suck whatever they need out of the environment. They'll suck whatever they need out of the environment. Got a lot of people... Who are called to be poplars. But they're living like ferns. They're in their low places. Just sucking off of the society. Taking whatever they can get from whoever they can get. I just need to make it another day in my life. I can't kill my ferns. I'm going to throw them away. 
I, you know, I'm like that. I'm a plant lover. So I feel bad if I let something die. Just as long as it looks like it's healthy, I'll just keep, feed, I'll just keep feeding it and watering it and watering it. But then it's like, I'm tired of taking care of you. That season's passed. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the sitting on the back porch and looking at fern season's passed, but they just won't die. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to throw them away. Now a freeze will kill them. It'll, it'll do them in because they'll reach out, those little suckers, they'll sit there and they'll be like, I'm so beautiful, and they're blowing in the wind, and that temperature will drop before, below 32, and they'll reach out and grab that environment, and that environment will reach back and grab them. A poplar won't kill. In this type, a balsam. See, a balsam's evergreen, isn't it? You, it doesn't matter what season it's in, it's still going to be green. So when you want to know what the Spirit of God is doing, please, for God's sake, don't check with the ferns in your life. You better be checking with the poplars because if you're wanting to know what direction the Spirit of God is going, you better be looking at those people who have ascended into a different atmosphere who are fruitful and who move. They'll move first. You, when you have a wind like that, it'll tickle the tops of those trees and you can be setting in the, dense, the density of that forest and you won't even feel a breath. And the 120 were gathered together in a what room? In a mulberry room, in a balsam room, in a poplar, not a popular room. Because if it had been a popular room, the 450 people that the Lord appeared to would have been waiting too. But it was, it was called down to the... 120. And I'm telling you, this is how you witness to Catholics. You know how you witness to a Catholic about speaking in tongues? We got a, we got, we got a Hispanic class over there. Maybe this will go get to them, Lord. This is how you get to Hispanic speaking in tongues. You want to know? You tell them one thing. The Catholics. You want to know? You want to know, don't you? You tell them Mary spoke in tongues. Who was in the upper room? You tell them, Mary spoke in tongues. <laughs> and they'll be like, Shonda Mashonda, kickstart of my Honda. <laughs> that was just joking there, you know. For all of you, that was just a joke. Sorry, you know, if you're. But so here we are. Here we are. Watch. Watch what the poplars are doing. Watch what the evergreens are doing. You know those people. It doesn't matter. You wouldn't know if they were in a furnace or not. Because you don't smell like smoke. You have to tell people about your bondage to get them to believe you were ever in bondage. But when the wind starts blowing... That's why people say, I don't know why they're so emotional. Uh, leave them alone. They might be a poplar. Wind starts blowing. You're like, I don't feel a thing. Shh, be quiet, little fern. You wouldn't know. You won't know about this for a while yet. Eventually, the winds get strong enough, even the ferns will feel it. 
I mean, that's just good stuff, isn't it? And you know what? You know what's so funny about that? Y'all won't believe. I, the Lord only gave me the bit about the poplars reaching into another environment. Every bit of the rest of it about the ferns and all that came right here in this space. See, that's how the Spirit of God works. Yeah, that's right. And there, you know what they also are? A poplar? Because they, oh, this is so, gosh, you just keep giving it to me, Lord. Because they ascend into that, that tall space, you know what, they, they get to most sunshine. They reach toward the sun. But you know what they are the most in the forest? Most flexible. Because if you can't, you'll find people, those rigid ones, the wind will destroy them. You get a poplar and the wind starts blowing, boy, they'll just start swaying. Woo, they move easy because if you find yourself recalcitrant and rigid, it'll be like wind. Waving. See, isn't that good? To the sway. I mean, hey, I'm a ta- yeah, I'm a poplar, y'all. I'm a poplar. So we, I just want y'all. See, I'm hoping that you're getting the 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 metaphor that I'm laying down here by the Spirit of God. Is that I, I want you to be aware of what's going. I want you to try the spirits, but I also want you to try the spirit that's trying you. I don't I want you to be looking in your life for the flexibility. And the reason I'm saying this, I know, is that the Lord is saying, I just feel it in my spirit, that there is this when this when the when the heaven begins to invade earth. See, there are some of you in here and you've just got your spiritual antennas are super high up. You are. You pick up. I mean, just like it's way on up there in the first little frequency, and you're like. Calling all, calling all. You know what I mean? There are others, you hadn't even set up your antenna. What are they doing? You know what I'm talking about? And some of you have had an antenna up in the past. But you've been rolling it down. You've been pulling it down. You've been pulling it down, getting in the fern region where everybody else is. You know, that's where the comfortable. But I'm telling you, there's coming a move of God to this globe. It's coming. It's coming. As I'm standing here, it's coming. It has, but it's the Lord is moving right now to and fro throughout the whole. I think I pushed the button. The Lord is moving to and fro throughout the whole earth. His eyes on all flesh. Making it available. When he says all flesh, Randall, it doesn't mean that every single person is going to be the same. It means the same availability to all. Sons, daughters, young men, old men, 
slaves and free. He said he crossed. See, he that's good. That's good. Thank you. He doesn't just cross ethnos. He crosses the social boundaries as well. He doesn't just cross social boundaries. That's slave and free. He doesn't just cross social boundaries. He crosses the boundary of sex as well. Male and female. See, he cro- See the, this latter move in the things that constra- were constrained in the prior moves. And even as the moves move, the moves move. Even as the moves escalate throughout history, we see, we see the likes of, of George Whitfield. I, I, I was so dumb. I was so dumb. Mike and I were talking about this the other day. We were so dumb. God called us to Scotland. We have been called to be revivalists, have we not, Mike? One thing you can be assured of here. We will welcome and host the Holy Spirit. We will. We will. It, excuse me. It may not always be pretty, and we may not always get it just right. It may, some things we may go. That's just the way it goes. We've got two atmospheres coming together. It's going to get stormy every now and then. And it, we may not always understand, but we will do our best, our best by the Spirit of God to pastor it without, without quenching it. God moved here. He gave us a test run a few years ago. We had an outpouring. Rebecca came and she did a Hispanic revival, if any of y'all remember that. God just moved. People, I mean, it was just like over and over again, moving, moving, moving. And then it spilled over on a Sunday morning. So much so on this particular, I remember it. Jacob was in high school. He had some friends that he didn't invite, but girls that he went were on his tennis team in high school came. And they had never been to a Pentecostal church. They were actually from another culture entirely. And so they, they were, they, yes, they had no reference to Pentecost at all. So that just lets you know. They came, the, the Spirit of God was moving that Sunday. They came down in a little huddle of girls. You know how girls do. Three of them, they were all like this, praying. You know, and they were praying. And I, and I thought, I'm going to go pray for them. But they were look so content, you know, praying together. So all I did is I just kept walking around them. That's all I did. I just walking around them praying. I just praying around them. You know, letting them pray. And they were crying and they were praying. I, I didn't touch them. I was just praying. I was just praying, walking around them. And one of the little girls in the huddle, she just went. No one caught her. No one touched her. And the other girls went. And I went, I didn't do it. No one caught her because no one knew. There's no, she wasn't being prayed for. She just up and dropped backwards like, what are you doing? And she didn't know what was going on because she's like, she gets up and they're all looking at her like, something's just happened here. What's going on? After that service, someone in our church, not an integral part, someone in our church came up. I've got to talk to you, Pastor. I don't like what I'm seeing here. A fern started talking. A fern started talking to a poplar. Could you please get down here on our level? And this person began to say, you know, just reprimand you for letting this happen, right? On the Sunday morning. And Mike came home and he said, well, I know one thing. I said, what? He said, our church is not ready for a revival. 
He said, they still got too many opinions. Ferns are still talking to poplars. He said, we, we didn't say this, but this is what you said, basically. We got to grow some more poplars. The ferns are too numerous. So that's been years ago. So see, this is what I say here. See, in order to raise up a people who respond to the wind. Now, we go to John 3. Hmm. John 3. This is one of the most astounding. As you're going there, I want to read Amos 4.13 to you. For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind and declares to a person what are his thoughts. He who makes dawn into darkness and treads on the high places of the earth, the Lord God of armies is his name. Who creates wind? God. He forms mountains and he creates wind. Just hold that in your spirit. That was Amos 4.13, but I want you to go to John 3. I, yeah, you're like, that's not John. That was Amos 4.13. I just wanted you to hear that about he creates the wind. And now as I go to John 3, this is such a beautiful, I mean, just spend some time. If you're a, a student of the word and, and you know how to meditate. Now, meditation is not Eastern meditation of emptying your mind. Meditation, as far as the Bible is concerned, it's putting something in your mind. It's putting a group of text or a text in your mind. And what you do, it means to ruminate. It has to do with how a cow chews its cud, right? It puts it in a spot. It has four stomachs. It has a stomach just for recalling it. That sounds a little gross. But it recalls what it's been eaten. It puts it back in its mouth, and it chews on it some more and gains some more, and then it puts it back into its stomach, and then it recalls it and chews on it a little more. That's what meditation is. And so I would like for you, those of you who would like to try meditation, not sitting and cross-legged in the floor with your fingers like this doing ohms, not that. that that'll do nothing for you but perhaps uh, welcome some sort of a demonic spirit. Ro open the wrong portal over your life. But if you will take John 3 and begin to meditate on it, begin to think, contemplate. To meditate means to mutter. You know what I mean? Just put it in your mouth. Now, how long have I been meditating on this scripture? Well, I remember I went walking one day and the Lord began to speak to me out of this scripture in John 3 about the wind. And I lived on Leatherwood Lane. And I haven't lived on Leatherwood, it's probably about in four years. But it was probably about the year 2015. See, some of you are looking for a quick work. I don't have one. Now, I believe the Lord can do a quick work. And he will do a quick work in these last days. But those of you who are looking for a shortcut, you're a fern. Balsam poplars. Some poplars, American poplars, are there. they will go. See, we get people who know trees in here are like, well, that's not true. A balsam, evergreen poplar. The one in the Middle East where it's talking about it. It's kind of like the, the cedars of Lebanon. It takes forever to grow. And so 
what we, what we see here in John is this. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Isn't it funny that the rabbi who knew the law, I mean, the man could quote the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He could quote them by heart. Quote them from in the beginning to the last word in Deuteronomy. Quote. And so he's coming to the, the man is full of the written word of God, but he's coming to the living expression of the word. And, he, and when does he come to him? The irony. Yes. A spirit man and a clay vessel. A man, Jesus had a clay vessel too. But he had a clay vessel. So this is what this whole thing's talking about. This is how this whole thing gets kicked off. They both are wearing the same earth suit. But the two of them are populated differently. And so Jesus, he comes to Nicodemus at night. Nicodemus is presumably coming to Jesus at night because he's embarrassed to be seen with this crazy rabbi, this one who's doing nutty things, this poplar. And so he comes to him at night. But the irony is Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, but Nicodemus is the night dweller. Nicodemus is the one walking in darkness. Nicodemus, the man of the night, comes to the light to receive revelation, but he can't get it. So they start this conversation. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, or literally, literally, I've studied it, born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I just can't see the kingdom. I can't see the kingdom. That's so dark in my heart. I can't see the kingdom. Well, Nicodemus, it's not with observation. I can't see the kingdom. I can't. I live and I try to do right and I try to do right and I try to get good things for God, but I just can't get it. It's because you don't see the kingdom. Because the kingdom's got to get inside of you. It's got to come from the outside of you. So Nicodemus is like, I can't, I, 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 said, you, I know you've got something and I want it and I know all of this, but I don't know what you got and I want it. And so Jesus has given him an invitation to the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It is the range of God's effective will. Some of us in here, the, ki- the range, the territory, the range of God's effective will. So here it is. Some of you have been born of the kingdom for many, 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 many years. It's way in your spirit. And you've got this little tiny, tiny ember. But the only range of God's effective will is consigned to a radius of about that big in your life. But you've never worked the kingdom into the solical region of who you are. You know, dealt with your intellect. Your seeing. 
And see, this is why I harp on things all the time. I deal with your sin. I deal with your sin because I speak so many times to sight walkers. And the only thing that I can get you to see is the actual sin that you're living in. But if I could get the kingdom to expand inside of you, the kingdom would conquer your sin. The range of God's effective will. Many people are trying to get the kingdom outside of them and they haven't even conquered their fear. Their unbelief, which is just fear. They haven't conquered their lust. They haven't conquered their greed. They haven't conquered their, their thirst to comfort self. And many of you are like, Andrea, I don't even, I just want to go to heaven when I die. Good. But when hear my words and hear them well. When you get to heaven with that attitude, you're going to wish to God you'd listen to me here on earth. Because you're going to have nothing to give him for his glory. That you are going to have the full revelation of what the purchase price was. And you're going to see the unbelievable waste that your life was. Because you focused on yourself exclusively. And the only range of will that you many times can actually walk in is the range of the will of your flesh. That's why fasting is so powerful. Your highest daily appetite is your appetite. If you can shut that dude up, you can go a long way. In dealing with your tongue, if you can deal with something as, it's basic, y'all. It's basic. It's basic. Do you fast for some sort of uh, notches on a spiritual belt? No. All you're trying to do is shut up one place of will. You're trying to shut up that effective will of King Andrea, King Randall, King Hank, King and you're trying to bring King Jesus' will and make it effective in those areas of your life. That's what fasting is. It's not some spiritual voodoo. It's just shutting up the parts of you that won't listen. Mike just went on a three-day sardine fast. Compliments of his wife. Hey, you lost six pounds. I mean, you'd be amazed. All he ate for three days was sardines. Exclusively. And water. That's right. Yep, the bad, the insulin. The insulin resistance. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes a history of doing bad for so long takes an equal amount of resistance to get the good back in. You know what I'm talking about? As my dad would say, you don't discipline a bulldog with a newspaper. You know, chihuahuas, you can get the newspaper and roll it up and go, now stop that and smack it around and they just, yeah, you just, right. A bulldog? No, he'll be like, nice. So many of you, your flesh is like a bulldog and you're trying to discipline it with a newspaper. Many of you need to go on Pull you, out, pull you out a nice seven-day fast. We can deal with your addiction. Some of you are like, well, it's fast. That's not food that I crave. 
That might work towards some of the other things you're craving you can't seem to get out of your life. Because it's just your desires. Your will, your desires overriding the will of God in your life. And his will will be subjugated by your will. How many of you know that right now? There's many areas in your life that the will of God has one thing for your life, but you're enacting another through your own will. So you, in essence, are subjugating the will of God in your life by your own will. Some of you are like, I don't believe that. Watch this. How many of you know what the will, have ever in your life known what the will of God was for you, but you did something else? I have. What did you just do? You subjugated God's will for yours. You know why? Because the kingdom of God was within you, but the range of the will wasn't very far in your life. I hope, see, this, this will give some people some victory if you'll get it. So here we are, and Jesus is talking about that. But the one thing that I want to talk about here is where he said, you, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from above, <clears throat> he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What are you saying, Jesus? What are you saying? What's taking me only 10 years nearly to meditate on this, to think I've come to a fraction of the revelation? He didn't get it, but he did. But here's what Jesus said. We have to first off start with the text in the original language. And it says, unless one is born from above. So he's coming to Nicodemus and he's going, Nicodemus, are you born from above? Born from above. Don't say born again. So then he comes back again and he says, unless you're born from above again. So the first you must be born from above is, hmm, if I say it this way to you, Randall, you must be born from above. That's one thing. Then I say, Randall, you must be born from above. I have just said two different things to you, haven't I? But Jesus loves. He's saying both at the same time. He's telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, and he tells us what he's saying by what he says secondary. Unless a man is born of water and of spirit. So what water are you talking about? The water of creation. Which is the water of the womb. Because the water of creation is what gave a woman the water of the womb. So he's saying, unless you're born from above. Well, how was Nicodemus born at the water of creation? The very life substance in God was released and the very, it started on that day. And all the families that would be born from the water of creation to the day whenever Nicodemus' mama popped out a baby boy and he said, she said, his name will be Nicodemus. He was born of the water. And he was born of every womb of water that brought him. See, everything declares the glory of God. Why do you think a baby floats in amniotic fluid? Until the life is brought forth. Because the earth was born of water. The Lord's not trying to hide anything. Dear God, he's trying to reveal it. But We're meeting Jesus at night. Trying to hide him. And he's like, I'm trying to reveal you. Unless you're born of water and of, but water's not, oh, so natural birth. He's saying, it's, what does it mean, be born of water? It means you've got to be born naturally. In other words, how did you get your passport to this planet? I got mine on September the 29th, 1971. When did you get yours? December 26th. Not 71, I'm presuming. 
<laughs> right? So when you got your passport to the you now yeah, some of you are like, no, you were alive before that. You were. You were alive before that. You were. In, from the moment of conception, you were alive, but you didn't have do, how many of you on your birth certificate, they put the day you were conceived? And it, it's when you made it to the planet, you were born of water. And you got your authority to operate in this planet. Now, 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 you were just a baby pooping and peeing on yourself, right? Somebody had to feed you. You had to do the whole thing. You were just baby. You, like you had to be nurtured. You think we would think that, but we feel like we can just say a prayer at an altar and go live like the devil and show up on heaven's pearly gates. It's just stupid, y'all. It's just stupid. It's just stupid, isn't it? So we got to get the stupid. We got to cast the spirit of stupid off of us first. So born of water and of spirit but see Nicodemus had been born of water hadn't he check you must be born again again because God did it right the first time but man chose it wrong and so now all of man has been captured inside of Adam all of humanity has been captured inside of Adam and God when he looks at humanity when he looks at every single individual on this earth he only sees you one of two ways period you either are seen in Adam or you are seen in Christ. There's no other options. And so he was seen in Adam. But Jesus had chosen, had, had been chosen. Jesus had chosen from the foundation of the earth to come in the womb of a woman to be born to a certain group of people. And they traced him all the way back to Abraham. All of which represented a man, a man, a man on earth, a man, God's man on earth, God's man on earth, God's man on earth, God's man on earth, God's man on earth. It just all the way through the Bible. That's all we're tracking through the kings, through the prophets, through the judges. We're tracking God's man on earth. What are we doing? It's still the meaning. It's just God's man on earth. Until the day that an angel came and the, and the heaven starts to roll up. On one air. And heaven got real active on earth. At the end of an era, guys, heaven always gets real active on earth. If you're uncomfortable with spiritual things, then check yourself in a nursing home. And just ride it out. Because it's fixing, because it, it's, it's rolling up. And, and we know this. I know this because it's getting real active. You know, Jonathan Kahn talked about the, he wrote that book, Return of the Spirits. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, duh, or whatever. It's Return of the Gods. It's just spirits. And so it's like, well, duh, it's because we're rolling up the scroll. All you got to do is read Revelation to know that it gets real spiritually active. And whatever happens in the spirit, something happens on earth. And I didn't finish what I was going to say because it's kind of controversial, but I'll say it because that's which way I am. That I believe, I better not. I believe that whatever the church is during the tribulation, because there will be a church there of some sort. I mean, there's, there's, what are these guys doing that are called lampstands? Prophesying and turning water to blood. What do you think, who do you think those people are? What? 
Well, they have to be. It'd be absurd, right? You think that all of a sudden, that you, see, you've been taught all your life that they literally are going to come back incarnate. It's not true. Elijah didn't come back incarnate. He showed up as a man who was on the verge of that movement named John the Baptist. You didn't look at him and go, ooh, Elijah. He's just John. But he carried a spirit. He carried a light and an oil for that time. I, this is what I believe. I could be wrong. So be it. I believe that the whatever church, that tribulation church, whoever's here, whoever's here, however you put the rapture, whoever's here, I believe that those two witnesses represent the, the tribulation church, the two lampstands, and that they will be declaring what the seals are removing. When the seals, see that hap, seals happen in heaven, the seals, not the er, er, er. The seals are popping. See, that's a he- you're seeing heaven there, right? You know what I mean? How many of you this morning got up and you saw what's going on in the heavens? I didn't. Some people get glimpses into that. But how many of you know there's things going on in heaven? But you just don't see it. But then poplars do what? They connect the two atmospheres. They transmit it. All the poplar is is a transmission device that was telling David how to move. And the first time he did, he did it all in his army strength. And then the enemy came up again. See, I think this is indicative of an old covenant and a new covenant. See, the first time at Baal Perazim, if you're not familiar with the story, you need to read your Bible. I mean, you've got to be able to keep up. So here in this first story, David faces the enemy and God says, go. Go in your army. Go fight. The Philistines come up again. And David's getting ready to, he went, oh, better wait. <clears throat> Lord, <clears throat> do I pursue? Not this time. You wait on the wind, which is the spirit. So, see, that's a New Testament paradigm. We're not going in the Old Testament. They conquered the promised land with armies and swords and you know, and might and blood, and I mean, it's gruesome, right? But whenever the new covenant comes, we conquer the promises by the wind. We follow the wind. And so we see all of this going on here, but ferns have no idea. And so we're closing out right now. The Spirit, you have to be born of the Spirit. What is, this is what I've asked the Lord so many times. I've gotten so much born of the wind. We're going to talk about body, soul, and spirit because I feel like this is where the church is, is dying, is they don't know how. They don't know how to get control of their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions, and the things that come under the soul, your imagination and your memory. Most people in here, the voice of your, of your memory, of a, a memory of a trauma, that memory, that trauma, has a voice in your present. And that is what you obey. And if you can't learn how to renew your mind, 
by the word of God, you will always be subjugating the will of God, which is victory in life in your life, for the will of the trauma. And that's where most people, I believe, in the body of Christ have lived for decades. It's not. The only, it's only one remedy for the flesh, and it's to excise it. Right? Not, it's already done. It's already 1030. But we will, I just, it just suffice to say, y'all, as I finish, here's the last thing I want you to chew on. Born of the wind, the pneuma or the breath. This is what the Lord spoke to me. From the scripture, he said, you don't see the wind. Right? You don't see the wind. So this is what the Lord said. You don't see the wind. You don't see the wind. But the wind animates whatever is surrendered to it. So if I, the wind, you don't see the wind. But the wind will animate Whatever is surrendered to it. Here's the reality. My car out there, your car, the wind can blow 20 miles an hour. And my wind and my car is not surrendered to that, is it? But if I walk out there in the wind, my hair at 20 miles an hour, my hair will blow all over the place, won't it? Because my hair is surrendered to it. There will come a day that even those who are not surrendered to the wind, because there is a wind that will even make my car surrender to it. The difference is that wind will be a destructive force. But those who will surrender to the wind, the Lord is saying, will be animated or given life by the wind. He's looking to grow poplars today. In Jesus' name. Okay. 